So, it, but it's good to be here with you all this morning. And um, so Curtis had asked to talk on solitude, which is one of the, the disciplines and just practicing solitude, entering into the presence of the Lord. That's really what solitude is, is being in the presence of the Lord. And you know, this morning when I got up, I, that is something I do. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I try to do. I don't want to hold myself up as I'm always doing, you know, this solitude. But to, uh, we're empty nesters, so it's easier than, than many. Uh, but just, you know, uh, my little place in the family room with my coffee and seeing the hummingbirds outside and all. And, you know, just really um, spending some time with the Lord, trying to ask for preparation for today. And then, um, you know, I'm driving on the freeway and... Unfortunately, on Sunday mornings, you know, you have a lot of solitude on the freeway. You don't have the traffic jam because nobody's up on, on uh, Sunday mornings. But so I was going to take Catella. Uh, it actually, my, my GPS started to tell me to take Carson, but I'm like, no, I, I Catella. So I, I take Catella, and I, all of a sudden, my GPS doesn't have Wi-Fi. I, I, it's dead. And I'm like, okay, I've been to this church before a couple of times, but I have the worst sense of direction in the world. And suddenly that, that peace that I had when I was driving, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no. Thankfully, I got a hold of Brian. I was totally going the wrong direction. Anyway, suddenly that connection with the GPS was lost. And see what happens so often is our peace is lost. Um, and what I want to talk about this morning is not just say, go home and have solitude. But if we could look together at a way, a practical way, because scripture is first and foremost, you know, it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's practical. It is a love letter from God which gives us ways that we can stay in his presence no matter what. And so this morning, I'd like to look at one of the names that God revealed himself as. Uh, and then we're going to look at how we can actually use that, practice that in our life, that we can enter into solitude and stay in a place of solitude, even when our GPS goes wonky and I'm afraid I'm going to be late for church. <laughs> you know, how do we do that? We're going to look today uh, at a compound name of God that he reveals himself as Yahweh Shalom. Would you bow in a word of prayer with me, please? Precious and holy God, thank you for these, this wonderful fellowship here. And uh, God, we just ask your Holy Spirit to come just to fill us, to overwhelm us, to anoint us. And God, that your holy word um, would bless. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So... This past year and a half has been what? The perfect trifecta, has it not? You know, the pandemic, racial unrest, political division. I mean, the most powerful nation in the world couldn't find toilet paper. I mean, our comfort zone, and I don't mean to make light of that, but it just shook up our comfort zone, did it? Things that we just take for granted. And there have been so many things in the past year and a half uh, that has shaken up our comfort zone. But here's the truth, is that God has never promised us peace in this world. In fact, our Lord and Savior in the Gospel of John says, in this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. That is the promise from God. So, but we don't like that. We, we want to find toilet paper on the shelves. We want to live in a world where we don't need hand sanitizer. But we don't. 
One of my favorite movies is While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. Great movie. I love that movie. There's this scene at the very end of the movie where the father and son are uh, sitting at the dining room table. They're having donuts. You know, the light is filtering in. Lovely morning. And the father said, you know, sometimes there's just that day where everything is perfect, where everything's going your way. Everybody's getting along. You know, everything's perfect. And the son, who knows he's just about to drop a bomb on his father he doesn't want to hear, says, Dad, that is not this moment. <laughs> you know, that is not this moment. And the reality is, that is not this moment in this life. On this side of eternity, we will have trouble. Life is filled with topsy-turvy turbulence, uncertainties, losses, pandemics, estrangements, broken relationships. And what is it? We really long for what? Peace. We want to be in a place where we don't have the angst in our stomach, where we don't have all those things going on that keep us awake. So I want to look at Yahweh Shalom. Because ultimate solitude, you know, I, I love, and, and, and scripture is clear, I'm not going to give you, I, I, I'm not going to bend your, uh, you know, twist your arm to say you got to go into solitude. Scripture is clear. We see the example in, with Jesus that he went out early in the morning and prayed. He got away and spent some time in preparation for what God was calling him to do. So the idea of solitude is such a gift, and yet we live in a world where even if we go to the most picturesque place in the world and we're out on the beach and all of the things that are going on, all of the worries, all of the struggles. And so in the midst of that, let us look at Yahweh Shalom. The Lord is peace. And names in the Old Testament often reveal the essential character and nature. And this does of the living triune God, Yahweh. Yahweh is the name revealed by God that is most tied to God's redeeming work. See, God is a covenant God. I will be your God. He takes the first step. I will be your God, and you will be my people. Yahweh, I will be your God. He's a personal God. Um, this is the God who saved his people from the oppressive slavery and the God who saves us from the oppressive tyranny of sin and death. So a little background, I'm going to brief um, reading of this in Exodus, is that uh, God's people are under slavery, oppression. The scripture says they are being oppressed by uh, the Egyptians. They are uh, being called into places uh, that they just cannot live in peace. There's just tyranny and oppression, and God enters in. God enters in. He, he enters in uh, to, to redeem his children, and he comes to Moses who is a shepherd, a murderer. And he tells Moses that he is going to raise him up, that God himself would redeem his people. So hear God's word as it comes to us from Exodus 3, uh, starting with verse 12. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites. I love this. It's so human here of Moses. Suppose it doesn't quite work out, God. I mean, what if there's a little problem about what people have to say? 
Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? Well, what am I supposed to tell them then? You know, it's all working out great, God, until God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so what God tells Moses as he's raising him up, he doesn't say how it's all going to work out. He says, I am that I am. I am that I am. He reveals himself here as preexistent. Always was. You know, the scripture that was read in Revelation was perfect. I am, I was, I will be. God always was, always will be. And he is self-existent. See, <clears throat> right now, everybody take a deep breath. <clears throat> now, each one of us are totally reliant on God for every single breath we take. See, we are not self-existent. We are created beings. He's the creator. Totally self-existent. He does not rely on anybody or anything. However, we do. He reveals himself as I am that I am, pre-existent, self-existent, unchangeable in his being and character, faithful to all his promises. Again, the scripture was read, the Alpha and the Omega, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing God. That's how he, he doesn't draw a roadmap. He doesn't give him a GPS. He says, I am that I am. Theologian Herman Vavnik said this, God is the real, the true being, the fullness of being, the sum total of all reality and perfection, the totality of being from which all other beings owe its existence. He is immeasurable and unbounded ocean of being who alone has being in himself. This is the God we worship, the great I am that I am, and I will be who I will be. And this name Yahweh, Jehovah, is used in the Bible over 6,800 times. The pronunciation is not that important. Is it Yahweh? Is it Jehovah? Well, how do you say it? Well, here's the thing. In, in, the Jews thought that the name was too sacred to say aloud. So they would use the continents. And so how do you actually pronounce it? And that's not really important. What's important is what it means. That he reveals himself as I am that I am. That this God revealed himself as an active and present God who delivers his people. And as he delivered then, he delivers now. The self-existent one in uncertain, shaky times, reveals himself as I am. Matthew Henry said this, the day of the greatest distress is God's time to appear for his people's relief. That's what he did then, and that's what he still does today. Amen? Amen? I mean, who knows when this pandemic's going to end? Who knows should we mask or not mask? Who knows what's going to happen with politics? And I am that I am. He's not tied to what's going on in our nation or our world. 
I am that I am, I will be who I will be. Well, so he reveals himself to Gideon, one of the judges that we see a few chapters uh, later in a few uh, books later in the Bible. Yahweh Shalom, it's a compound name, that I am that I am, peace. I am that I am is peace. The Lord is peace. Um, what ha- what's happening when God reveals himself as uh, Yahweh Shalom is that the people are again being oppressed. They're being oppressed by the Midian. It's, it's a direct result of their own sin. The scripture says in Judges, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Uh, does it sound like today? Yeah, throughout world history, we're all doing what we think is right in our own eyes. And this is my question is, somebody's got to be wrong. I mean, we can't all be right. You know, there's like this mantra out there that says, find your truth. What your truth? Happening back in Judges. And as a direct result of God's people turning and forgetting all the miracles through which he had delivered them, it said yada, yada. They are being oppressed by the Midianites. It says they're, they're like the, the locusts just coming and wiping everything out. Their cattle, everything. And so there is this guy, Gideon, and it says that he is, I'm not going to go into real detail about Gideon because that's not the point here. The point is all about uh, Yahweh Shalom. But he is uh, cowering in fear. He is threshing wheat in in a wine press. Well, wine presses are like, you know, caves underground. And when you thresh wheat, you're usually on a hill so that the wind can blow the chaff away. But Gideon, who's going to be the sixth judge of Israel, he's cowering and he's fearful. And again, what does God do? God enters in. God enters in. In the midst of the great fear and turmoil, Yahweh reveals himself. Uh, so this is what, it, first of all, uh, Gideon's kind of funny. First of all, he kind of argues with God a little bit, questions him, you know, ah, where have you been? All these bad things have happened. We haven't seen the, all these miracles. What's been going on? And then he tests God. And then he comes to the point, and this is a scripture I would like to read. Um, and it is Judges 6. 23 and 24, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abyssalites. This is the word of the Lord. Do not fear. In the midst of anxiety, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of, you know, uh, the Midianites wiping through, in the midst of people who have turned from God, God in his mercy comes and he redeems and he reveals himself as the God who is peace. The Lord Yahweh, the self-existent, all-powerful, redemptive God, shows up and reveals himself as peace. And this peace that God reveals himself as is not the peace that the world offers, but it is a soundness. It is a completeness. It is a flourishing. And the day that God sent Gideon out to wage war against a numerically superior enemy. Do you ever feel like you're coming against a numerically superior enemy? Gideon had peace. Why? Because suddenly he was a strong warrior? Because suddenly everything was right in his life? No. Because Yahweh Shalom was with him. Yahweh Shalom was with him. Um, I found an illustration I want to share with you. So this is interesting. 
I mean, we all want peace. We all want that kind of shalom that, that, that God offers. Um, and Amazon, if you have a Kindle, I don't know how many of you have a Kindle, an ebook, but what they're able to do, if you're reading, like you could be reading Pride and Prejudice, you can be reading Harry Potter, and let's say you, you highlight a quote. Well, they are able to tell what you've highlighted, and, you know, they keep track of them, so they're able to see who highlights what. Well, what's interesting is with the, if somebody's reading the Bible on their ebook and they highlight a scripture, Amazon is, is able to tally that. And do you know the number one scripture? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and petition. Present your request before God. And what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So in 2020, uh, the Bible app, the, I don't know how many of you have the, the Bible app version on your phone, but in 2020, their searches increased by 80%, totaling nearly 600 million worldwide. Isaiah's assurance to do not fear was the Bible app's top verse, but also number one in the U.S., India, South Africa, Netherlands, and the Philippines, and in Ghana. Guess what it was? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, and the peace of God. Because what do we long for? Shalom. Shalom. We are all longing for shalom, but not as the world offers it. You know, I grew up with the Miss America pageant. Anybody else here? I don't, I don't even know if there is a Miss America pageant anywhere. Yeah, but you know that asked that question. And what, what do you hope for the world? What, what was the answer? World peace. Yeah, that's, that's the answer. Okay, you're Miss America. <laughs> but, you know, when we think about peace, we often think, I'm so good at putting babies to sleep. You all, though, stay awake. This little boy is so pretty. He is at peace right this minute. His mother is at peace right this minute. Uh, but when our peace is tied to anything in this world, it is temporary at best. And there will be no solitude. There will be no peace. There will be no place of protection because we will lose it. And let me give you an example. If your peace is tied to the hope that all of your family is always safe. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's not like, you know, you're wishing for selling drugs to small children. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to want your family to be safe. But what happens when they're not? A week ago, I did a funeral for a 35-year-old man who died unexpectedly, and his mother was beside herself. The pieces tied to the end of the pandemic, I mean, we've had an uptick. If peace is tied to what people think of us and we live our life trying to please people, well, there's going to be somebody that doesn't like us. A relationship. We can have good relationships with a lot of people, but oftentimes there's estrangement. You know, there's somebody that we're struggling with. If our peace is tied to that, then there will be no peace. I came across this article, um, you know, I, I get a lot of different podcasts and articles for pastors, and this particular one uh, was, was just recent, and it was this. It was entitled, How to Learn from Your Sermon Failures. <laughs> I'm like, uh, 
is this a precursor? <laughs> because if my piece is talking to what people think of my sermon, and then I see this, how to learn from your sermon failures, well, <laughs> no peace. If our peace is tied to circumstances, then we will flounder and flee when circumstances change, and they will. But if our peace is tied to the living God, and here's something that's interesting. So I, I have a, um, a preaching Bible that I've used for years. And it's kind of beat up and everything. And when I went to mark, so what I do before I preach is I mark whatever I'm going to read. Um, and I went to mark Exodus 3, where God reveals himself as Yahweh. And guess what? That page was missing. <laughs> that page was missing. I feel really bad. You know, it's not rightly dividing the word of God, as we're told in the, the New Testament. But I, I thought, you know, how timely is that? Because so often we do not tie our peace to Yahweh. And when that's missing, we will never be at peace. We won't be, I mean, and, and the reality is, is when our peace is tied to Yahweh, then there can be every kind of circumstance, every pandemic, every racial and political divide and estrangements from people, and yet we can know the shalom. This peace from God that is complete, that's flourishing, that is exactly what God made us to have with him. Amen? Amen? John Ortberg said, peace doesn't come from finding a lake with no storms. It comes from having Jesus in the boat. Peace does not lie in getting God to give me other circumstances, but seeing that God is in every circumstance. Now, what I want to do now is just take a moment and show how we can rest in this truth and be in relationship with Yahweh Shalom and enter into solitude and enter into, to practice solitude with the Lord who, first of all, Yahweh needs to be our peace. There needs to be a personal relationship. Yahweh Shalom, Yahweh is peace. I am that I am is peace. But he is a covenant God. He is a relationship God. So when he reveals himself, he enters into relationship. So that's, first of all, the first step is that we need to be in relationship and regular, consistent. And it doesn't always perfectly work uh, that we can do it every single day. But my hope is, is that we, as we take hold of the truth that God has revealed himself as I am that I am, self-existent, all-powerful, that he gives us his shalom as we are in relationship with him. And so here's what I would encourage you as a very practical way to live into this. And I want to say this to this young mom. I'm sorry to keep, um, you know, calling on you, but um, when I was a, a young mom and, you know, I'd want to have time with Jesus, you know, God, I want to go anywhere. You know, you want to go in the bathroom and be alone. But, you know, yeah, you have a child. It doesn't work that way. You know, the wisest lady in our church, June Bouchon, I love her. She's in late 90s now. She's still alive. She told me this. I'll never forget it. She said, when you begin to read your Bible and, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting and all of a sudden your kids wake up, you know, you get up a half hour early and sure enough, they get up a half hour early. She goes, just put them on your lap and go ahead and read the scripture and pray. And I did that, you know. 
because there's always distractions. And add to, when I had little kids, you have distractions of phones. I, I'm, uh, you, you know, if you check your phone the first thing, you, you check your email, suddenly I'm, you know, you wake up from, and all of a sudden you're just, you know, everything's going in your mind, all the things that are wrong. I'm a news junkie. I love to read news. Well, that never ends on the internet, right? Well, how do we, in the midst of all of that, well, we put down our phone, that's a choice, don't check it first thing. Um, this is what I do, is I, I, I go into, again, my little happy place in our family room, and nobody's up at that time but me, and um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how we can then use this name that God gave to us, Yahweh Shalom to enter into a place of solitude. Even if there's all these circumstances that are crazy, even if there's you know people banging at the door and people sending you emails, and the first of all is praise. The first of all is praise. I, I love that you, and I didn't ask them to do this, so this is a God thing. The, the hymn that we're going to sing after this is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And I had written a quote about her about, as we praise. Um, this is by Helen Lamel. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will, go, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, as we begin to praise God, you know, we begin worship and we begin to praise God. However we enter this sanctuary, we begin to proclaim that God, the majesty, the worthiness, that he's the promise maker. You know, we begin to proclaim that. And even though we still have all the struggles and our world still has a lot of turmoil, our eyes go on the one who is all powerful and all holy. So to begin the time of day with praise whether it's singing a scripture. Using this scripture, you could say with, with Yahweh, O Lord, you are the sovereign, merciful God. You are the creator, redeemer. You are self-existent. We call out who he is. We embed it into our hearts and our being. And suddenly, all the distractions and struggles and circumstances are put into God's hands. Amen? Amen. Amen. The second is to confess, because when we are not right with God, there is turmoil, and there is a lack of peace, and there's really a lack of solitude. God, forgive me for searching for peace in all the wrong places, for trusting in that which is created instead of the creator. You know, personalize it. Thinking about Yahweh Shalom, how have you sinned uh, against the, the holiness who is this God? Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, count your blessings one by one. See all the wonderful things our God has done. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, somebody suggested that I begin to journal every morning three gratitudes. Three. Doesn't seem like very many, but when you first start, it's like, really, three? I've got so many things I have to think about and I have to stop and get... That has, I, I've continued that practice. I actually journal it, I write it down, and there's so many more than three. But, but to start to give thanks. Thank you, God, that you are faithful. Thank you, God, Yahweh Shalom, that you have walked with me. And, 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 and you know, start to name the things that God has done. And then to lift up the different needs. God, I need your peace. 
Oh, Lord, how I need your shalom. Lord, my child needs your shalom. Lord, our world needs, you know, Josh was praying up here, and he's just, you know, so many things that we begin to pray God's shalom, remembering that he is all-powerful, the Alpha and the Omega. We begin to pray for the entire world. And even though we haven't been able to go out in a forest where it's beautiful in the solitude of the great outdoors, and we've entered into the presence of Yahweh Shalom, and we're handing over all the things that are too tough for all of us who are not self-existent to deal with. Listen to these scriptures. Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Psalm 48, 8, excuse me, Psalm 4, 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. How many of you have just so many worries at night when you put your head on that pillow? To pray this scripture into your life that you might enter into the solitude in the presence of the living God. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I mean, dwell on these passages. Immerse our hearts and souls in these truths. Again, we may not be able to go on a retreat. You know, I did a retreat for your church. I, I joined you all uh, about two years ago in November, almost two years ago in November. Uh, and, and it was great. We got away. We went to like Palm Springs or Palm Desert, and it was lovely. Can't always do that, can we? But that doesn't mean we can't have the solitude in the presence of the living God to enter in. So I encourage you to, to put that time aside. It's not going to change all your circumstances, but it's going to take your eyes off of your circumstances and place them on the Lord. And I will tell you, and I continue to do this today, I pray, I pray protection and covering over our children. They're both walking with the Lord today. I'm a pastor. My husband's a pastor. You know, you, you hear about being a pastor's kid. They had two pastors. And, and you know what? They're both walking with the Lord, and they love Jesus. But we've covered them in prayer in the morning, and oftentimes holding them as they wiggled and, you know, just covering them over with prayer. Oswald Chambers said this, It is the most natural thing in the world to be scared, and the clearest evidence that God's grace is at work in our hearts is when we go, do not get into panics. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you need fear nothing else. See, when we come into that presence of the Lord, that solitude, but it is a decision. It's not going to change your circumstances, but it changes our hearts. And Beth Moore said, peace comes in situations that are completely surrendered to the sovereign authority of Christ. And that's what we do in prayer. We, Lord, I, I give you authority over all. You are the supreme ruler. Lord, I can't even breathe on my own, but you, oh God, are fully self-existent. Help me to surrender completely. Help me to surrender my children, the church, all the struggles under your sovereign authority in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And then finally, Corey Ten Boom. When Jesus takes your hand, he keeps you tight. When Jesus keeps you tight, he leads you through your whole life. And when Jesus leads you through your whole life, he brings you safely home. He offers us his shalom. Not always out in the forest where we would love to have solitude. But in the midst of all the struggles and hardships we go through, to hold desperately to Yahweh Shalom, who holds tightly to each of us. Never will I leave you, he says. Never will I forsake you. I don't know what you're going through. But I'd like, if, if you'd like, you don't have to raise them high or anything. For goodness sakes, we are Presbyterian. I couldn't believe some of you amened back. I thought, am I in a Baptist church or what? <laughs> but... 
Let me just ask God's shalom. You know, let's pray together. Precious God, Yahweh, I am that I am. I will be who I will be, all-powerful. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, God, you are the creator. And, Lord, we desperately long to just rest in your arms, under your feathers, to just, uh, you are our refuge, our, our rock, our redeemer, our stronghold. So, God, we come to you. You know what's going on in each of our lives. You know where there's no peace, where it's hard to have solitude because anywhere we go to get away from the struggles, we just run into more struggles in our mind and our phone's ringing. God, we just come before you, and we thank you that you are bigger than overall and that we can submit everything to you. God, you know who needs a blessing, who just needs your presence and your grace. Thank you that... As you met Moses and, and Gideon, so you meet us today. Blessed be your holy name. Fill us now. I am that I am. Fill us with your perfect shalom through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, the Prince of Peace. Amen and amen.